Friends, my name is Sean King and I'm the experienced pastor here at Friends Church Orange. We're so glad that you've decided to join us today for our message and we pray that you will really hear God's voice through our speaker today. If there's any way that we can serve you, please connect with us through our website. We hope that you consider joining our community in the future. Please enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Uh, before we jump into the message, I, um, I just wanted to highlight what they talked about briefly. So next weekend, we're going to be doing a packing party where we're going to be packing gifts and supplies. But one of the things that we're doing with that is we started Boxes of Love a couple of weeks ago. And Boxes of Love is our opportunity to provide Christmas for every foster care child in Orange County, and it's specifically every foster care child here in our city. And so Boxes of Love is the way that we do that. By giving financially, we provide those presents. You're going to come back next week, and you're going to pack them and put them all together. But one of the things that I've noticed as we've gone the past couple weeks is that we were looking at the numbers and only about 10% so far have actually participated in Boxes of Love. And I'm not saying that as a guilt thing in any way. I'm saying that as a, there is so much more, you guys. And maybe you've been sitting on it. You've been thinking, I want to be a part of Boxes of Love. I don't know. I only got five, but I don't know if I can give anything right now. It doesn't matter because when you give, there's two things. One, you will bless people. No matter what you give, you will be able to bless these kids as a part of our community. But second, when you give, God promises that he blesses you back. There's a sense that when you're generous, God is actually generous to you. And not just financially. It's not like you give and God's going to give you just all these good, amazing presents or whatever. God is just going to bless you in your life and you will see him. And he says, test me in this. Let's just see. So whether it's $5 or $50 or $500, we want to invite you. Don't miss out on this opportunity. We've got a couple more weeks to be part of Boxes of Love. You can do all that stuff at the back there as you leave. You can check it out. You can scan that QR code behind me. But I just, guys, I hope you hear this. Be a part because you are not going to miss what God's going to do through Boxes of Love. So that's what I got to say about Boxes of Love today. All right. So today we are wrapping up. Actually, no, that's a lie. Last week we wrapped up our uh, Understanding Jesus series. And today I'm going to kind of extend that series one more week uh, by talking about something that we don't often talk about, which is the Holy Spirit. So we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit today. And as I was going through these Understanding Jesus series, we we're looking at parables and Jesus is explaining the kingdom of God and how you can live and all these different things. We found that the disciples and the people who responded to him, some were like, this is amazing. And some were like, this is a hard teaching. How can we accept this? And some were just like, great, but how do we do this? Because if you're anything like me, as I hear the words of Jesus, I often think to myself, yes, but how? Yeah, but I'm going to need some help with that one. Yes, I want to be generous. Yes, I want to be loving. Yes, I want to be kind. Yes, I want to be self-sacrificial. Yes, I want to be all of these things. But then I walk out of church and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, reality. Oh, I'm back to who I just, I feel like I was already. And it's like, oh, I, I don't know how to put these things into practice. So today we're going to look at the Holy Spirit as a helper, somebody who actually helps us take the words of Jesus and makes them real in our lives. And as I was thinking about a helper and, and what does it mean to have help, um, we have a four, uh, fourth grader and he's just getting into like the hard math, you know, like the double digit multiplication stuff, which is right where I'm like, I'm out. I don't know what to, I don't know. I don't, I'm like, have you heard of a calculator? You just, this is very easy. I don't know how to do this stuff. And so he's struggling because obviously it's getting harder. And so we met with his teacher last week and she was like, hey, he really needs to get his homework done. And we're like, okay, yeah. So my wife, bless her heart, sat with him for like multiple hours this week, literally. 
with all of these sheets that he hadn't completed because he was just getting overwhelmed. He literally was like, I don't, I don't know how to do it. And then he was getting frustrated and angry and pencils were being thrown. And it's like, it just was not pretty. So she's like, I'm going to sit with you and I'm going to help you. And so she sat next to him at the kitchen table for hours and they just did math problem after math problem after math problem. And each problem, he'd be like, I don't know what this is. And she'd be like, it's okay. Take it one step at a time. Put it into the little boxes, do the thing. And like, she would walk him step by step through it. Sometimes he would get it. And sometimes he'd just be like, I don't know. And she'd literally have to put her hand on, her, on his back and just be like, Henry, it's okay. Just shh, it's okay. Let's go again. You know, and like there's just that encouragement, that, that sense of accountability, but it's like for a purpose so that we can actually help you understand. And as I was thinking about the help that we need in life, that image came to mind this week. I was like, that is a perfect example of what we all need in our lives. We need someone who's just hand on our back, just being like, it's okay, you're gonna be fine, let's do it again. Because by the end of that week of doing all those problems, he came home from school and he's like, I figured out how to do it. I did it on my own this week. And we were like, yes, that's exactly what you're supposed to do. But it took us helping and being accountable and giving him that, that sort of space that he needed to figure it out. He had helper in his parents. We need help as adults now, right? Adulting is hard. Being adults is tough. Life is hard. But even more so, as I was talking about those parables, it, it takes a lot of help for us to actually live out the spiritual principles and to connect with God in ways that we've been promised, that we've been told, that we want, but we don't know how to do it. And so that's why we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our helper. But you might be coming in today saying, all right, great, I've heard of the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, it's there somewhere, but I don't know much about it. I'm not sure who is the Holy Spirit. So today we're going to try to answer the question, who is the Holy Spirit? And in order to start, I want you guys to watch this Alpha video. It's one of the, those videos from our Alpha series where they actually go out onto the street and they just interview people. And it's amazing as you get to hear what people say about the Holy Spirit. So let's check it out. The Holy Spirit, it's supposed to be like... Going back to my biblical learning. <laughs> God, Jesus, and the Virgin Mary, I think, should know this. <laughs> I think the Holy Spirit is whatever you find in yourself. We are our own Holy Spirits. A compass inside of you that tells you like what to do. You know, what to do and how to do. Kind of pulls on your your hoodie a little bit when you're about to take the wrong turn. All that encapsulates us, the aura of love, the aura of power. You know, I learned all this, but it's still such a complex thing to talk about. It's your helper, it's, it's like, your, it's your gut, it's your intuition, it's your ancestors. It's somebody speaking to you and doesn't make sense, but if you follow it, it makes sense. I don't see God being separate from the Holy Spirit and from Jesus. Giant spirit, kind of, but it's also not. Yeah, I guess that's confusing because when you pray, you say the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So then who's the Holy Spirit if it's not the Father and the Son? <laughs> so actually, I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> but it can also be a bird, but it also isn't. The power of God or something. It's kind of nuts to think about. Holy Spirit. I don't know. To be honest, I'm not even sure. I love that guy. It's like a bird, but it's also not. So that's going to be actually be, um, that's it for today, guys. The Holy Spirit, kind of a bird, but it's kind of not a bird. So no, that's obviously not um, maybe what the Bible would say about it. But I love the responses because as you, as you hear them talk, you might be like, oh yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. You know, that I was thinking about that. I've never thought about the Holy Spirit or I don't know. So today, hopefully, we'll gain some clarity around who is the Holy Spirit and why does it matter to us that we have the Holy Spirit. So for some of you today, you've come in and 
you're interested in the Holy Spirit, but maybe you're just uninformed. You're like, I don't know much about the Holy Spirit. Maybe some of you, you're like, I know who the Holy Spirit is. I experienced the Holy Spirit. I could explain. I could get up here and tell you all about the Holy Spirit. Some of you may come in today saying, yeah, the Holy Spirit, I don't know if that's real. And so today, as we look at the words of Jesus and the way Jesus acted, one thing we are going to see is that Jesus believed in the Holy Spirit. Jesus thought the Holy Spirit was real, and Jesus told us why he sent the Holy Spirit, which is what we're going to look into today. Because as we think about the Holy Spirit, we think about God's presence. If you, if you think about God, big God, massive, like created the universe, everything, and then you think about us, the gap between God and us is massive, just in terms of beings alone, right? Like human beings versus God, this infinite, unknowable being in some ways. And yet God says he's personal. God says he can come and be with us. And so even as we look at the idea of the Holy Spirit today and, and taking those two concepts and putting them together, there's an air of mystery around the Holy Spirit. There's an air of mystery of, of how do we actually engage with God? How do we engage through the Holy Spirit? And so today, if you're very empirical and you're like, I gotta know all the facts, today I just, I think it's an invitation to say, we're gonna explore, we're gonna see, and it's an invitation into embracing some mystery, embracing maybe some wonder in your life. Because God is massive and his Holy Spirit is with us, but it's also a spirit, right? Some of you have actually heard of the Holy Spirit talked about as the Holy Ghost. And I tell you what, if it's a ghost, I want nothing to do with it because it's holy or not holy. I'm like, ghosts are freaky to me. I don't want anything to do with the ghost. But Spirit of God, okay, I could get into that. I kind of understand that a little bit more. So today as we dive into who is the Holy Spirit, I feel like the best place to go is the Bible. So we're going to look really briefly in Genesis, and then we're going to jump forward to the New Testament. But in Genesis 1, verse 1, we start at the very beginning. It says this, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. That's, that word spirit there in, in the Hebrew language, it's ruach. It's this idea of God's breath, his spirit, his life-giving energy, his life force, that he was literally over everything. And throughout the Old Testament, we begin to see the Spirit of God working in different ways. But it's not just this force. It's not just like, oh yeah, God's energy is, is here amongst us, and so therefore like everything's tied. It's not Star Wars, guys. It's not the force. Because it's personal. And that's something that we're going to look at today. The Holy Spirit is not just a force. It's a person that we can know. Which maybe for some of you is like, what? No, no, no. Like it's God, the Father, and God, Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit's the force piece. That's kind of the glue that, that makes it all together. But no, it's actually an old separate person that we can talk to and interact with, which we're going to look at today. But we see the Holy Spirit show off, often up in the, in the Old Testament in particular places for particular people at particular times for particular purposes. It's a lot of peace. Try to say that fast. But we see him show up in all these different ways and he would show up and the Spirit would come on somebody and they would prophesy or they'd win a battle or something would happen. And then the Spirit would go again. It's like, oh, here's the Spirit. Oh, now the Spirit's gone. Oh, here it comes. And then it goes. So there was all these moments throughout the Old Testament. The whole entire Old Testament is full of the Ruach of God showing up in people's lives. And then it would disappear again. But something changed when it comes to the New Testament. And do you guys know what that thing is that changed? It's the, it's the typical church answer, guys. It's Jesus. All right, you can say it. No, no. It's Jesus. So when Jesus comes on the scene, see, the Spirit of God was God's presence in the community. He would show up through these things. But when he sent Jesus, that's now God has come to earth and he dwells among his people. And now we have God right in front of you. God incarnate is here amongst you. So you don't need to have this Holy Spirit even popping in and out because you've got Jesus. Now you've got God with you. 
But Jesus came to earth not so that he would live forever. He came with a very specific purpose, a specific focus, a singular focus, and that is on the cross. So Jesus, when he came, he knew that he was going to go away again. He knew he wasn't coming forever. And so he said, I'm going to come, but I'm not going to be here the whole entire time. And if you were his disciples and you heard Jesus say, guys, I'm here. Like imagine, like you're with Jesus. He's like doing miracles and he's like telling you amazing things and he's teaching you and he's showing you things. And you're just, your mind is being blown every single day and you have his peace and his comfort. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, hey, I'm, I'm going to leave in a, few, in a few years. I'm out. Can you imagine what those disciples felt? First, they didn't believe him or understand him. They're like, no, 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 Jesus, you're going to be with us all the time. It's great forever until we die and it's going to be great. You're with us all the time. And Jesus had to continue to remind them, no, I am actually going to leave you. And so you can imagine their anxiety, thinking about Jesus leaving them. They've had the son of God with them. They've had this incredible experience and all of a sudden you're gone? What do you mean? And Jesus when they have these freak out moments, he, he assures them. He does the kindest thing that he could ever do. And he assures them that it's better that he goes away because he's going to send somebody else. He's going to ask the Father to send someone else. So that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to be in John. If you guys have your Bibles, grab them. We're going to be in John 14 uh, just for a little bit. If you guys don't have Bibles, by the way, or you're just like, I need a Bible. We always have Bibles in the back over there. We would love to gift you a Bible. They're free. Just go take one. But in John 14... Verse 16, Jesus is hanging out with his disciples. He's comforting them. He's, he's telling them that he's the only way to the Father, all these things. And John 14, 16, he then says this. He says, I will ask the Father, and the Father will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. It's the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you, you know him, for he lives with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. Jesus is saying, guys, it's okay that I go away because I'm going to ask the Father and he's going to send you another helper. And so the first thing I want to look at is that word advocate that he uses in verse 16. I'm going to send you an advocate. The word advocate in the, in the Greek language there is translated as parakletos. I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but parakletos. And it really is an advocate, a helper, a counselor, maybe someone that was sent to aid another person. It actually had somewhat of a, of a nuance around like lawyers and people who come along and kind of like were for you and prosecuting with you. Like the people who would come alongside you. Think about us with Henry. It's that idea. It's a parakletos, a helper, someone who's going to help. Disciples, they're not going to be alone because you're going to have this kind of helper. In fact, back in those times in, on the Mediterranean Sea, the Mediterranean Sea would have all these crazy storms that would come out of the blue. And so ships would be out there, people who were fishermen would be out there, and all of a sudden they would get stuck in the middle of the sea. And if someone could see them a long ways off, they would send out another ship, a larger ship that could battle the storm. And that ship would come alongside them. And do you know what they called that ship? The Paracletos. It's the ship that comes alongside the, the ship that's struggling and says, I've got you. I'm going to give you the rope. I'm going to help you patch the sails. I'm going to pull you to shore. I'm going to show you how to get through the rocks. Whatever it is, there is a ship that will help guide them. And it's that idea that we have this ship now. We have the Holy Spirit because Jesus has promised it. And so we're going to have this Holy Spirit, this advocate, this parakletos, but not just a different kind of different helper. It's not like, oh, Jesus is like this, and then this Holy Spirit is something completely different. In fact, when Jesus says that, go back to verse 16, he uses this phrase, another advocate or another helper. 
And the word another, it actually infers that it is another that is just like the first. So when Jesus is saying, I'm going to ask the Father and he will send you another helper, he's actually saying, God is going to send you a helper that is just like me. And can you imagine? Because if we look at who Jesus is, Jesus is a helper. He's full of wisdom. He's full of grace. He's full of kindness and truth. He's loving. He's perfect. He is amazing. He does miracles. He does all of these things to the disciples. And then he says, hey, don't worry. The Holy Spirit will be exactly like me. It will be a helper just like me. In fact, he says, it's actually good that I go away because then the Holy Spirit can come and he can be with you always. Just a couple chapters later in John 16, 7, he says, very truly, I tell you, he's still talking to his disciples, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus actually had to leave in order for the Holy Spirit to come and be available to the disciples and then to us by extension. And why was it better? Well, just a few verses later in chapter 16 of John, he says, when he, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all of the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will guide you into all truth. He won't speak on his own. He's gonna speak only what the words the father is giving him. Sounds like somebody else we know. Sounds like Jesus. It's the same thing. He's going to guide you. He's going to tell you the words that he's heard from the Father. He's going to encourage you. He's going to remind you. He's going to tell you what's going to happen. He's going to give you all of the things you need. He's going to give you help right now. Jesus is saying, hey, the Holy Spirit actually makes me alive and with you today. It means that Jesus is actually with them through the Holy Spirit because Jesus, as our mighty counselor, our helper, our peace, everything like that, he's now saying, by extension, the Holy Spirit offers the same thing. And in fact, I love how our, our denomination often talks about this, the concept of Jesus with us. They say, Jesus right here, right now. And when I first started working at Friends many years ago, I came and I read that and I was like, yeah, I, I like the idea of Jesus with us, but like, is he in my heart? Like, where is Jesus right now? You know, like, where is he if he's right here, right now? And I was having a hard time with that theological concept until I realized that Jesus can be right here, right now with us because the Holy Spirit is available to us because the Holy Spirit is who makes Jesus real to us. And so it's great that we have the Holy Spirit because we now have Jesus right here, right now. And Francis Chan, who, who has some amazing books, but he has a great book called The Forgotten God. And so if you wanna know like so much more about the Holy Spirit, this is just a taste today. Go get Forgotten God, do some homework. It's a fantastic book. But he says this, he says, have you ever thought about the significance of having another counselor who is just like Jesus? Right now, imagine what it would be like to have Jesus standing beside you in the flesh, functioning as your personal counselor. Imagine the peace that would come from knowing you'd always receive perfect truth and flawless direction. Who wouldn't want that? That sounds amazing. I want that. And I love that Francis Chan just puts it so bluntly. He's like, it's like Jesus is still right next to you. And we're gonna get to like, okay, so what do we do about that? But before we get there, I just, I want to point out too that this is not just for a few people at specific times, right? Going back to the New Testament or the Old Testament, Holy Spirit would show up and then it would go. So it was like for the super spiritual, right? Or the people that like God like set aside for unique purposes, but that was like them. And you might be thinking now like, well, the Holy Spirit then, if it's like that, and if it's Jesus right here, right now, then only a few people probably have that. I only see the super spiritual, right? Seeming to like have those experiences with the Spirit. It's only the people who have like done all their homework and gotten their master's degrees and are pastors. Those are the people 
right? Or maybe they're all on our prayer team. I don't know, but they're all experiencing the Holy Spirit. I don't think I can though. But what I love about what Jesus says is that it's not for a few people, it is for everyone. It is for everyone that is in this building today who believes in Jesus. And I love at Pentecost, the day when the Holy Spirit came because Jesus said, hey, disciples, before I leave, everyone get together and wait because I will send the Holy Spirit. And on the day of Pentecost, he sends the Holy Spirit and they receive the Holy Spirit and they begin speaking in tongues and flames are showing above their heads. And like, it gets crazy. And all these people come around and they're like, what is happening? And they're asking all these questions. And so Peter, if you guys know Peter, he was one of Jesus's disciples. He didn't seem super literate. Like it didn't seem like he was someone who would stand up in front of a crowd, but he literally said, I got to say something. And so he stands up and he gives this amazing explanation of what is happening. He talks about who Jesus is, that Jesus died, was buried and rose again. He says, you must believe in him. What you're seeing now, this is the work of the Holy Spirit. This is God sending out his spirit. And then he quotes a prophet named Joel from the Old Testament. And he says this, he says, in those days, this is quoting Joel, who's quoting God, in those days, I will pour out my spirit on all people and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I will pour out my spirit on all people in those days. And he's not saying in the far future and like, well, we don't know when, when Jesus comes back. He says, no, that day that was in the future is now today. And that was more than 2000 years ago. And so it is still a part of that day to say the Holy Spirit is for everyone who is in this building right now. It is for everyone. And so if the Holy Spirit is for everyone, now the question is how do we receive? Because yeah, I love that idea. I'm like, yes, you have the Holy Spirit, you have the Holy Spirit, you have the Holy Spirit. But wait, how do we receive? Where do we actually get the Holy Spirit? And it's really basic, but you receive the Spirit by faith in Jesus. Kyle gave a great message last week where he talked about building your foundation on Christ. And if you haven't done that, it's not too late. Every single day, you get to say, Jesus, I think you're real. I believe in you. I put my faith in you. But it's through faith. Galatians 3.14 promises us this. It says, he redeemed us, that is God, in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith, we might receive the promise of the Spirit. So we're not just receiving Jesus, but when we say yes to Jesus, we are also receiving the Holy Spirit. And he's given to us. He is a promise. And one of the ways that the Holy Spirit is talked about is that the Holy Spirit is a guarantee. It's like a stamp and a seal. I want you to look at Ephesians 1 with me. Ephesians 1.13. It's one of my favorite passages in the Bible. It says, You also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. We have been given a seal, a guarantee saying, you will always be with Jesus. Some of you may be doubting that today saying, yeah, I was with Jesus a long time ago and now I'm not so sure anymore. The Holy Spirit is your guarantee, says you are always in Christ. If you have said yes to him, if you have received him, he is with you forever, and the Holy Spirit is that guarantee of that. You know, like a seal, like on an envelope, right? If you do like the wax and you put the seal on it, it's like that seal can't be broken except for by the person who's supposed to be receiving that seal. And that's God in the end times. That is, that is what we have been given and promised. And I tell you what, I need that guarantee every day because I walk through life just beating myself up or getting beat up by others and saying, oh, I'm not, I can't, oh, I'm not, I don't even know if Jesus loves me anymore. I don't know, like I'm just not sure And I can go back to this passage and say, no, I have been given the Holy Spirit, which guarantees that I am in Christ forever. I have the Holy Spirit. And you also, if you are in Christ, you have the Holy Spirit. It's not something you have to have. It's something that you already 
have. The gift of the Holy Spirit, it's one of those amazing benefits of knowing Jesus. But one of the other benefits of knowing the Holy Spirit and having the Holy Spirit is that he makes Christ's love real to us. Have you ever thought about that? Like, how do I know that Jesus loves me? Other than just intellectually, how do I know that Christ actually loves me? And sometimes what we need is an actual experience of love. And I've talked to many people and I've experienced this myself that sometimes when the Holy Spirit like shows up in my life differently, the first thing I feel is like a warm hug. Somehow it's like God just like something has like wrapped me up and it's made me feel like I'm safe, I'm okay, I'm loved. And it might sound a little weird if you've never experienced it, but that's the one of the ways that the Holy Spirit shows up is he just says, God loves you. Jesus is for you. And don't you ever, ever forget it. In fact, Paul, one of his prayers for the Ephesians, just a couple chapters later, is that the Ephesians wouldn't just forget it, but that they would know with everything in them. He says this in Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power through, the Holy, through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. There's that word faith again. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all of the saints, power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all of the fullness of God. When he says, I pray that you would know this love, he's not saying, I hope that you know this love. He's saying, I hope that you know this love that you experience this love and through the Holy Spirit, would you know more of that love and more of that love and more of that love? And as we do, we can then say, okay, Holy Spirit, guide me. Like, show me where I need to go. What do I need to do? As I walk through this life, I need help. And one of the amazing things I found out, actually, this is just a few years ago, which as a pastor, I'm like, maybe I should have known this earlier, but I found this out just a few years ago that Jesus actually relied on the Holy Spirit. That might be a surprise for many of you because it was a surprise to me. I thought Jesus was like God, right? So it's like if Jesus is God, which he is, he came to earth and then he just was good and like did all the things because he was God. But if we believe that Jesus came to earth and he put aside his Godhood, which is what we teach and what we believe, then Jesus was fully human. Meaning that as a human, he, didn't, he wasn't able to just be like, oh, I'm just gonna do all these things on my own anymore. He didn't have that part of Godness. He put that to the side, willingly putting it to the side. Which means Jesus was a human just like me, and just like you, which means Jesus needed help. He needed help too. And I love what I see about Jesus, that he actually gives us his example. He doesn't just tell us to rely on the spirit. He actually showed us how to do it. So I just want to go through a couple of passages in how Jesus partnered with the Holy Spirit. So first, Jesus was miraculously conceived in a young virgin woman by the Holy Spirit. The spirit descended on Jesus like a dove at his baptism and the Holy Spirit filled Jesus at that moment. The Spirit then led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. He then returned from that desert full of power that was given from the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit then gave Jesus joy, power to drive out evil spirits, and empowered an amazing teaching ministry. If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, don't we? Don't we need the Holy Spirit? If Jesus, Jesus, God, Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, don't we need the Holy Spirit? And yet we so often are just like, yeah, the Holy Spirit is that other thing over there. It's like that extra little thing on the side. And if you have it, it's like a little, like you're like the next level Christian, right? That's not true. Jesus told us, you will do greater things than I do. There's no way that I, as my own person, could do anything greater than Jesus did ever. 
But through the power of the Holy Spirit, that is actually possible. And I can maybe hear some of your thoughts like, okay, well, if that's true, if all of this is true, then why don't I experience the Holy Spirit? Why don't I see the Holy Spirit? How come I can't understand the Holy Spirit? And there's lots of reasons for that. Some of it is just ignorance even of not knowing. Like, I didn't know that the Holy Spirit did did these things. That was for me. It's like, I didn't know some of these things about the Holy Spirit. Some of it is, I'm kind of afraid of the Holy Spirit, right? I talked about it's like a ghost. Like, what does that mean? And, or I'm afraid of the power, right? Oh, there's so much there. Like, what do, what do we do with that? It's mysterious. I don't know. Maybe some of you today, you're longing to be filled with more of the Holy Spirit, and you're just like, I want that. Well, maybe today that's the day that God's going to give that to you in a new way. But one of the things that I have realized is that the Holy Spirit, just like with Jesus and with God, it's an ongoing relationship, right? If he's a person, he's not just a force, it does take relational power to engage with the Holy Spirit. So not just being like, ah, oh, Holy Spirit's over there. It's like, but Holy Spirit, like right now, speak to me. Remind me of what God says. Show me the love of Christ. Like help me, guide me. It's these things that you can actually engage with the Holy Spirit in different ways. But going back to that moment in Acts when, when the Holy Spirit fell for the first time and Peter's there and he's telling everyone what's going on, all these people had come from all over the place and they were like, this is crazy, and the response to the question that they're, they're asking that I think we also are asking is, what should we do? What should we do with the Holy Spirit? And Peter, he replied to them. He said in verse 38 of uh, Acts 2, he said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. The first thing, our first response to seeing the work of God, to responding to the Holy Spirit is repent and be baptized. Peter was talking to a bunch of people who had never heard the gospel before. And so of course he's saying, repent and be baptized because this is what you need to do. Many of us in the room, we have repented and we've gotten baptized and we've received the Holy Spirit. But that word repent really stuck out to me again as a response because I said, how often do I actually repent of the things that, that I'm doing? Just in my own heart, in my own head, the things that I, I'm like, I know God already forgives it, okay, but I think the first step to experience the Holy Spirit is repentance. It's saying yes to Jesus. And baptism is beautiful. We're actually gonna get to baptize a couple of people today. As they have said yes to Jesus, they've repented. They said, we need a savior more than anything in our lives. And we're gonna see the power of God show up in their lives as we get to baptize them. That's their response to the Holy Spirit. What's your response to the Holy Spirit? When you hear of the Holy Spirit, what is your response? In the, in the New Testament, we see a few different kinds of responses to the Holy Spirit. The first we see is longing. We see a longing to be filled with the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost, people were longing. They were the early followers. They were saying, yes, I want more of the Holy Spirit. Give me more. And some of you, you're there today. You're hearing me talk and you're like, yes, give me that. I want more of that. There's a longing in you. There's a lean in you. For some, though, there's something they were receptive, but maybe uninformed or just not totally sure. That's how I would describe myself, growing up especially. I grew up in a, in a home where we talked about God, the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, but it was really God the Father, God the Son, and kind of the Holy Spirit. It was God the Father, God the Son, and kind of the Holy Spirit is there too. And it wasn't something that we disregarded completely, but it's not something that we really even tried to understand. It was kind of like it was up on the shelf over here, like a, like a little lamp or something. This is the best analogy I could think of. And I'm like, it's up there, and it's like we like touch it, be like, we need a little help, Holy Spirit, okay, great. And then we'd like walk away. 
But it's like, well, if you, if you rub that lamp too much, the genie's going to come out. And that's going to freak everybody out. And things are going to happen, and it's going to get weird. And it's like, I don't know if we want to do this. So it's like, think. Okay, we're good. We got a little bit of our Holy Spirit. Like, we know the Holy Spirit is God's presence. Like, Holy Spirit's here. It's great. This is what we get to embrace. And part of my journey has been saying, I don't want to just keep the lamp up there. I, I want to bring it down and, and say, okay, Holy Spirit, oh my gosh, like, do I want this? If Jesus says we can have the Holy Spirit, then I want the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? I don't know all the details of that. And we have so much less time to talk about that today, but I wish that we could just go all the way down. Like, okay, what does it really look like? But some were longing, some were receptive. And then the last group that we see, they were opposed when they saw the work of the Holy Spirit. They were like, nah, like that's, that's, that's something else. You know, some of the people, when they saw the people in Acts, they were like, these people are drunk. Like, what are they doing right now? Literally. And Peter had to be like, no, no, it's only like, you know, 11 in the morning. They're not drunk yet. Don't worry. We think it's crazy. We're just like, there's too much. It's, it's just too unknowable. It's too mysterious. It's too, it's too much. And so we just say, no, I don't, I don't think I want that. Maybe it goes against tradition or what you've come to believe about God and scripture that the Holy Spirit still works. You might find yourself opposed and that's okay too. Because I believe God is inviting each one of us, again, our next step to embrace the Holy Spirit. What does it mean? For each one of us, there are different levels of embracing. But when people respond to the Holy Spirit, it changes lives, always. I do know that for a fact. And actually, I want, to hear, I want you to hear from a couple people today whose lives have been changed by encountering God and by encountering God's Spirit. So would you guys welcome up my friend Sochi as she comes up and shares? Thanks, Soshi. Welcome. So, Soshi, you've had a, a big last year, I would say. So I'd love to know from you just overall, like, what has God done in your life over the past year? All right. So for this past year has been the biggest year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think I always grew up knowing about Jesus and wondering, you know, being around people who were just overfilled by this spirit that I really wanted to know more about, about how they could just, you know, overcome the, their spirit just felt so warm and so amazing. And that's when I began my journey looking for God and searching for a church and a place that um, felt like home and a community. And I was invited by friends from a friend and I joined young adults. Everyone is just so nice here. And I was able to learn more about Jesus and God through the Bible and that is when I felt much closer to God and the Holy Spirit than I had ever had. Um, I was baptized back in August, mm-hmm. and during that time, I had been going through a lot. It was a big year. My aunt had just been put on hospice. She had been fighting cancer for the past five years, and... Um, Uh, I made this decision to get baptized um, because I had felt him. He was there working beside me to heal me. I could feel the Holy Spirit just giving me a big hug and allowing me 
to grieve and to give me a sense of peace mm. and love that I had not felt before. He gave me this community and a closeness mm. that I didn't know before. And uh, when I did end up baptizing, my aunt did pass away two weeks later. Mm. And he was there through all of it, showing me mm. him every day, to this day, mm. to be strong. He shows me the little things, and I know now, you know, there is no longer a void. Mm. He's there with me. Yeah, it's so good. Thanks for sharing, Sochi. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pat. Yeah, you keep it. It's good. Uh, and now I want to uh, welcome up Mauricio. Mauricio just went through our, our Rooted class, uh, 10 weeks. Um, and Mauricio, your story is, is a little bit different. You've been walking with Jesus for a long time, but kind of through the past 10 weeks, like, why don't you share what, what God's done? Yeah, so for, so for me, um, God, I mean, he's been great. Uh, he's been with me pretty much all my life. I mean, I've recognized that. Uh, however, this past year, uh, especially these past 10 weeks, He's been more present. Uh, I've been more uh, receptive or sensitive to him being with me. And um, I started hearing words more that, you know, that, that kind of touched me or they, that almost like woke me up, if you will. Uh, uh, one of the words that, that has made a big impact for me recently has uh, the, the, when I listened or heard the word uh, lukewarm Christian. Right, mm -hmm. so I wanted to find out well, what does that mean, mm -hmm. and uh, in finding out, I figured, okay, well, I, I want to be more than a lukewarm Christian. You know, I need to basically activate, mm -hmm. and so I started. Uh, you know, I would started coming to, to friends, and you know, I would look forward to hearing the messages that uh, were presented, and and every time I would always take something from it, uh, and uh, it also it led me to to um, rooted. I joined rooted, and I I um, you know became uh, friends or a family with another great group of uh, persons that joined. Everyone had their own uh, um, uh, journeys that they presented and, you know, they overcame so much and, and it was very inspiring for me, mm. you know, and through Rooted, I did learn the, the, um, the, the seven rhythms and, uh, you know, so I, I did uh, feel like it started increasing my, my devotion to God, mm. uh, praying more, uh, you know, again, I, I could feel like m my heart softening more. Mm. Uh, you know, wanting to do more. And part of being in Rooted was also serving in the community. And so that was our, our, our serve community day. And we went out and, you know, we just, we talked to, uh, the, you know, some of our homeless community. And I realized that even if it's one person at a time, we, we do make a big difference, you know. And so I feel that the Holy Spirit has been working in me and through me. And hopefully I, you know, I am making a difference with somebody else. And and, you know, I've been loving it. So mm. I, I feel that the Holy Spirit has kind of redirected my, mm. my path and where I need to be and where I've, you know, where I'm headed. Yeah. So, yes. That's awesome. Thanks, man. Thank you. That's awesome. Uh, I love, you know, the idea of, like, I was a lukewarm Christian. I wasn't sure what I was doing, and, and the Holy Spirit gave him new life. And that's something that, that the Holy Spirit does for everyone. And just in a minute, we're going to get to celebrate baptisms, seeing people get baptized, seeing people take that next step of repenting and believing. But today, I, I just, I want to leave you just with that question. What do we do with the Holy Spirit? Maybe you're longing to be filled. Maybe you're receptive, but you're trying to figure it out. I don't know what this looks like. Maybe you're, you're ready to go. Maybe you're opposed. Wherever you find yourself today, I just, I want you to take that time 
to think, okay, why? Why am I where I'm at? Because if Jesus promises us the Holy Spirit, we can know that God actually heals people, that the Holy Spirit has power. It has presence. It's his presence in our lives, that it speaks to us, that it gives us new life, that gives us wisdom and guidance, that we receive gifts and we receive special unity through the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit does so much for us. And yet sometimes we're just like, eh, it's okay. So today I hope you're just left with this idea of, okay, Holy Spirit, what do we do with this? As we contemplate that question, let me pray. Jesus, thank you that you send through the Father, you send us to the Holy Spirit, that we have been given an incredible gift and it's a gift that we have so often overlooked. It's a gift that we haven't wanted to engage with. And I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would be in this place. You are already here, but we welcome you to come and to speak to our hearts, to remind us of everything that the Father has said, to give us a direct connection to you. We need your help. We need your counsel. Would you speak to us right now, Holy Spirit?